Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Movie Digest. I am JQ. And I'm Finn. And today's top five movie villains. <laughs> so, I don't know why we haven't got around to doing bad guys. Why have yeah, we not got around to doing bad guys? I don't know, because we were searching for something new to do. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think we've done top five villains, because we've no. done top five like superheroes or yeah. something like that. But we've never done top five villains, so... And a little light bulb went off in my head, like, yep, that's the one to do. Do you know what gave me the, the idea was watching that Jaguar advert again, which has got Tom Hiddleston oh, yeah, and yeah. Sir Ben Kingsley and Mark Strong in it. <laughs> Some people call me a terrorist. Power. <laughs> it's amazing. And tea. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So, you want to do the honours? All right. Yeah, All you're right, my first yeah. last thing. I'll be the good guy. You can be okay, the bad cop. <laughs> so we were having this discussion before we started recording about, like, should we do villains or yeah. supervillains? Yeah. And you were trying to distinguish mm. distinguish between the two. Yeah. So, I what are the... Just basically any antagonist in a film. Yeah, anyone. You can have General Zod or you could have the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Not really a villain. <laughs> He's the bad guy, though. No, he's not. Who's the he's... bad guy in Jurassic Park, then? The... Well, Dennis Nedry's the closest to the yes. bad guy in it. Yeah. It's not the T-Rex. The T-Rex is just doing what it does. <laughs> they just do what they do. So, yeah. No, I'm not having that. I'm not having Jaws or Velociraptors or anything like that. That okay. can't get onto it. Clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> right, so number okay. one. So number five on my list starting off is Norman Stansfield from Leon. Played by the excellent Gary Oldman. Yeah, that's our first crossover. Oh, no. <laughs> it had to be on there. It yeah. just had to be on there. Yeah. But when you see how deranged he plays that character, it's yeah. genuinely frightening. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the mark for me of a great villain is someone who transcends the fact that you know you're watching a film who's just so evil that mm. you're just like, if that person existed in reality, that would be yeah. hideous. And I think the sad thing is that sometimes these people do. Yeah. But it's the whole scene where he's going through the house and he kind of kills Matilda, Matilda, yeah. Matilda, her family, and has no hesitation in like killing a little brother and mm-hmm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. But the fact that he does it, he enjoys doing it because he's playing Beethoven going through the house while he does it. Just oh, yeah. amazing. When he puts his hands through the curtains and all that. <laughs> I just did. I just did the curtain gesture there. For this beat. That's it. Not great radio. No. <laughs> but he's just amazing. He always plays good bad guys. He does. Well, he hasn't done any. Has he done any bad guys recently? I think. Uh, is he not in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? He plays he's a kind n- of not really, really a bad guy. Bad guy no. uh, Robocop. He was a scientist. I don't think he's played a bad guy for a while. Obviously, um, vampire. That was he was good in that. Dracula. 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 Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, that's twenty-two years ago. That film. Jeez. Yeah. Although I can't think of that film without thinking of Dracula dead and loving it with Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> you want to suck my blood. <laughs> That's good. But it's just, Leon's just such a great film anyway, yep. though. And the other great thing about having a good bad guy is that you're totally desperate for the bad guy mm-hmm. to get it at the end. Yeah. And the way that he gets his comeuppance is just brilliant. This is from Matilda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, spoilers, by the Actually, way. Actually, no, he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy in Kung Fu Panda 2, where he what played a he? peacock. Uh, he was very good in that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, number four on my list is Colonel Hans Lander from Inglorious Bastards. Ah, okay. He is very good in Christoph that. Christoph Waltz. Yeah. But again, kind of deranged um, yeah. in the way that he plays it, where there's this perfect balance between 
the comedy of his character and the complete psychopathic nature yeah. that he gets this real thrill yeah. from being so good at his job of killing Jewish people and played to absolute perfection by Christoph Waltz is just amazing. Did he get a Best Supporting Actor Oscar? He for did. That? Yep. 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 Well and I think he, did he not get the the Oscar again for yep. Django? Yep. I think so. Which is kind of like a nicer version yeah. of, of <laughs> Captain Lando. But yeah, it's amazing. And again, no, don't want to give any spoilers for people that haven't seen it, but it's come up and sit at the end of uh, yeah. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards. is just brilliant. I think my favourite scene that he plays, because there are certain scenes where I'm not too sure whether he is aware of who certain characters are. Yeah. There's one where he sits down with Shoshana and shares, a, I think it's like an apple turnover or something like yeah. that. A pastry. And he's like, ah, ah, attendez la crème. <laughs> but there's just, because obviously she knows who he is yeah. all too well. But I, I don't know if he does it or if he's trying to play that off or mm. whatever. But I think my absolute favourite scene is the one where Brad Pitt and the other Americans are trying to pretend to be Italian. <laughs> and then they discover <laughs> that Hans Lander can speak Italian. Yeah. And they're just going, he bursts out laughing. He can't even keep a straight face of how bad their yeah. Italian accents are. It's an amazing scene. And then I think it's just before that is where he murders Dan Kruger's character. Yes. Um, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> there will be lots of spoilers. Yeah. In this if you haven't seen these films, then where he turns into that ferocious, bloodthirsty yeah. character, it's just it's incredible. Number three on the list mm-hmm. is from a fairly recent film. It's Michael Fassbender in Twelve Years a Slave. I haven't seen that. Uh, it, it's amazing. I, I I've mentioned this three or four times on the on the show. I haven't actually written down his character name. I can't remember what it is. Um, he plays the, basically the the embodiment. I think of the whole kind of slave movement, but in the slave trader, yeah. he's just the most vile, despicable, awful human being ever. I I I still haven't seen anyone really portray a character as spiteful as that yeah. in a long time. And I, I I've said this before in the podcast, but I just can't <laughs> believe he didn't get. The Oscar for it. He lost out to Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club. He's good, but nowhere near as good as this. Um, yeah, and like I said, I think his character is more like this kind of focal point for the whole slavery movement and just how absolutely disgusting the whole yeah. thing was. And it, it really comes through in his character. There's nothing likable in his character or redeeming about it at all. And one of those characters, when you watch it, you're genuinely terrified for the people round about him because he's so unpredictable and just a hideous, hideous man and a great villain as well. Perfect villain. Moving on to slightly more obvious territory now. <laughs> okay. And I think, oh, it's not so much that I'm expecting this. I'd be disappointed if we didn't have the crossovers here as well. So number two. <sighs> Darth Vader, no. <laughs> Darth Vader. Really? Really? You wouldn't have him in the top villains. Um. Well, it's just I've I've seen it so many times now that it's kind of become a little bit cartoonish. If you know okay. what I mean. But I suppose if you sat down on a piece of paper and wrote down all the bad things that he does, like just indiscriminately killing people, he's horrendous. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that would potentially caveat him not being the greatest villain of all time. And the reason why he's not number one on the list is because of, again, spoilers, but hopefully yeah. everybody's seen them, because of the way it turns out at the end of Return of the Jedi, yeah. where there's the chance for him to redeem himself. Yeah. But his character's hideous up yeah. at that point. Like, obviously, Back. knowing that it's his own two children, that, that still doesn't stop him trying to destroy them in order to, to rule the universe, you know? Do many people, 
do, I don't think many villains get the chance to redeem themselves in films, do they? Mm, I don't think so. Sometimes it tends to be one of those things in kids' movies that happens an awful yeah, lot more. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe not not the main villain, but maybe like the hench villains, the yeah. henchmen or the henchwomen, get the chance to redeem themselves or change alliances or whatever towards the end, you know, because they were never really the master plan from that point. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But number one for me, I, this will shock absolutely nobody, is the Joker from The Dark Knight. Really? It has to be. It's very good. I think it's because, we've said this before, I think especially in the context of a superhero film or a comic book movie or it goes for the wider thing in general your protagonist is only as good as your antagonist is so yeah. you need a good villain in order to make your hero rise to the challenge and become a great hero because the scarecrow wasn't the best villain in the first film well he was great but it was kind of there with Ra's al Ghul mm-hmm. and all the others and stuff but but the scarecrow is a good villain but I think for me it's why I'm I, I, massive Batman geek anyway but yeah. that's the reason why the Joker is the ultimate villain in any kind of like universe because he's the complete antithesis to Batman and like they say in the film you know there's no rhyme or reason to why he's doing what he's doing that yeah. you can see he just wants to he's just doing it for the sport like which that, is truly terrifying that first scene when he's in the kitchen with all those dudes and he pushes the guy's head down on the pencil it's like I wouldn't want to be in that room just watching it <sighs> No way, no way. And I think I just actually watched these films again recently. Uh, The first time I've watched them in a while. But just his performance is absolutely stellar. It's incredible. And I remember part of the reason why I thought the character, when I was watching it in the cinema, it disappointed me on screen to a certain point. Yeah. Because when he's like, do you want to know how I got these scars? And he starts telling a story. And I'm like, no, but the best thing about the Joker is there is no backstory. Yeah. There's no reason to it. So I was a bit disappointed. But then when he gets the opportunity later on, he tells a completely different story. And I'm like, yeah. that's genius <laughs> because that's part of his game. Yeah. He he creates these stories and these characters in his head. It's just absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And he doesn't care if he dies or not. You know, the bit where he's standing in the middle of the street and Batman's driving towards him trying to fire the gun. He's like, come on, hit me. I want you to hit me. It's absolutely incredible. And the range he's got on his character as well from being like that kind of like, you know, the joking and mm, shush, 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 like that kind of thing. And he's like, look at me when he's absolutely <laughs> screaming at him like later on. It's just amazing. He's very good. Very good. So that's my number one. Number one. So let's go for my top five. There's, All right. Uh, number five, Little Bill Daggett. Gene Hackman in Unforgiven. Okay. Very good. Because I've watched... It's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, he's, he's very, he's such a bastard in that film. Like just for no reason, he just hates <laughs> Clint Eastwood's character. I can't remember his name. I don't know his name. Um, probably the the man with no name. name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he just he just kills people for no reason, like English Bob mm. and Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. He's stuck up in a box. More than Freeman. Uh, more than Freeman. And um, he's just a badass mm. in that film, and he's got all this sort of henchmen around him trying to get Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood escapes, obviously. So that's number five. Good number choice. four, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, excellent. An Oscar for 15 minutes of screen time. Is that all he had? 15 minutes wow. of screen time, yeah. It's like the ultimate bad guy uh, or psycho that you wouldn't want to be. You want to be on the other side of the cage. See, the thing is, though, with Lecter, is that I think if you're, if you're not trying to BS him, he kind of responds to that. Because yeah. that's the whole reason why, of course, Clarice 
is terrified of him, but she gets that Lecter won't kill her because he he admires her, he respects her because she doesn't treat him the same way that all the other detectives and stuff do. Yeah, which um I I don't know that seems too rational for a yeah a super, a super killer you know. Well, he's and, still still a complete psycho. But he is yeah. Um, I think the scene as well where he the scene where he's uh, gets moved into low security and he's like bites the yeah the guys Where's cuts the guy's face, face off oh it's just yeah, disgrace and again he's he's great it, just the character's brilliant as well because whether it's like you know like Brian Cox and Manhunter or uh, Red Dragon again yeah. it's a brilliant film and Hannibal yeah not quite as good but just to see his characters yeah and Anthony Hopkins why are you Utah I've all bought towel, but you know. Uh, number three is uh, Ian McKellen as Magneto in the X Men. Yeah, yeah, I like He's, it. He, I can, I think for me it's because Magneto's. I don't know. I think because of the I whole just relation, like Ian McKellen. He's brilliant, but I just think the whole relation with him and Mag, uh, and um, Professor Professor X. X, Professor X is seems too pa- and, and you see especially from Days of Future Past, yeah. why they go on the different paths that I haven't they do. seen that yet. It's really good. Ah. Um, he is pretty badass, though. I think the, the, is not the scene where he's able to draw the metal out of the, yeah, the, the guard blood, yeah. and then just uses the little balls to like break yeah. out a glass prison. Absolutely amazing. Genius. Yeah. Number two, I'm surprised this isn't in your list. Brick Top from Snatch. Brick, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Feeding to the pigs, Errol. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could imagine that that sort of person exists somewhere in London. De- oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, um, what's the name of the guy, that, the actor that plays him? Alan Ford. Alan Ford. He he was a character in the Amanda Iannucci show yeah. back in the day. What was uh, it called? The Cockney something. I, I can't, oh, something like that. I can't remember what it is, but basically it's like, um, it's like this kind of like spoof TV ad where they say, um, is your washing machine playing up? Yeah. <laughs> He'll send around. In Glasgow, you call it like the big man, but I think yeah. it's like the Cockney wide boy or something yeah. like that. And he basically comes around and he shouts at it, like his character from exactly. Snatch. Yeah. And then the washing machine starts working again. It's absolutely brilliant. If you don't get working, I'm going to take you down a scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. No, thank you, Turkish. I'm sweet enough. <laughs> so, and obviously, Snatch Wars. Snatch Wars? Have you not seen the Star Wars? Darth Vader with oh, Top's voice. Yeah, no, I've seen, yeah. seen that though, yeah. I saw another version of that where it's got um, James L. Jones, but from The Lion King, overdubbed Amazing. over the top of Star Amazing. Wars. It's rubbish. Really? It was it just didn't work. Uh, I saw a brilliant one recently, which is um, the scene from Total Recall, yeah. where he's in a taxi. Yeah. But they've dubbed it as if the taxi's driving through Motherwell, the city centre, <laughs> which is like this big town outside of uh, kind of southeast of Glasgow in Lanarkshire. Yeah. It, but it's so funny and like the language is choice when they're driving through it's like oh thank you it's so funny on a side note of Arnie I was watching the Formula 1 yesterday and the boss of the Mercedes team is a guy called Toto Wolf but he sounds like Arnold when he's talking about Formula 1 ow get to the chopper <laughs> just close your eyes Toto uh, Wolf Toto. but that sounds like one of his characters yeah. anyway doesn't it it's not a tumor. um Another one was Norman Stansfield again. Really? Yes. I'm disappointed that neither of us find space for Hans Gruber on Yeah, because we both knew we were going to say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant McLean. But he is, he, I, I think he's got to be the first on the list of honourable mentions. Yes. Just amazing. But then as well, he's not really, 
Well, he he, he is he's a villain. He's not really a super villain though. Like he's uh, yeah. no, he's just a run of the, He's a terrorist technically, or is he? No, no. He's money. A thief. A thief. I, I am an <laughs> exceptional thief. <laughs> One of the benefits of a classical education. <laughs> When Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept. Uh, listeners, if you want to fast forward about half an hour of us doing other Rickman impressions. I believe that's why Arafat buys his suits. Clay. Bill Clay. <laughs> oh, God, you're one of them, aren't you? Yeah, we can do this all day. <laughs> yeah. um, I did have a few other honorable mentions on there. Yep. For the ones that Probably were about a hundred. Well, there are a lot. I mean, it's one of those things where... But there are so many that we've left off, but these are just like our favorite ones that we've been talking about. But um, other ones that were close to getting on my list were Freddy Krueger, played by Robert Englund. I haven't seen it. It's amazing. Because like, I think the horror ones easy to go for. You know, you could have Mike, Michael Myers or yeah. uh, Jason from Friday the 13th or any of these guys. But my favorite one was always Freddy Krueger. The Jesus He's... Creepers bad guy's pretty good. Yeah, but again, like those things are bordering on the edge of not being acceptable for me because it's like the T-Rex or the Velociraptors right. or Jaws yeah. because they have less of the human element in there. And like in Jupiter's Creepers, I don't, I don't think he actually says anything the whole no. movie. So his yeah, I, I don't think that really counts. But Freddy Krueger's one is awesome. Yeah. It's so good. Um, who else is on the list here? Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. <laughs> yeah. um, Freaking laser bees. Emperor Commodus from uh, Joaquin Phoenix from Gladiator oh, yes. again just such a filthy skeezy yeah. character yeah. horrible and one that you're so desperate doesn't win yeah. in the end are you not entertained so good also Don Logan played by Sir Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast do it is do it terrifying do it. you're gonna do it you're gonna do it do it do it just call do him it. Uh, do it everything under the sun <laughs> just uh, he's oh yeah he's hideous in that film and genuinely terrified I felt so uneasy yeah. watching Sexy Beast because and he's making Ray Winston look like a little schoolboy. Yeah. That and he's a tiny wee frail old Jewish guy do you know what yeah. I mean like just oh horrible he's, I bet he's amazing and the other one that made it on was pretty much any character played by Kevin Spacey in the 90s because <laughs> he had two classic Kaiser Soze yeah. and oops spoilers and uh, John Doe from Seven as well yeah, uh, who good. are both amazing antagonist in those films absolutely incredible yeah so yeah there we go so moving on to films we've seen yeah uh, I think before we recorded the last one I hadn't seen anything all yeah. summer and then I saw massive spate of stuff so right. I picked out a couple of the best ones that I saw yep the first one that I saw was Guardians of the Galaxy good I absolutely loved it right I thought it was brilliant to the point where and I've seen it twice now I think I genuinely may like it better than The Avengers. Really? I think it might be a better film than The Avengers. Okay. Interesting. Which is a, a lot to say. Yeah. But, I mean, because The Avengers is great. It's got all these characters. But I went into this not knowing any of the no, characters. I know nothing about it at all. Knowing pretty much nothing about the back catalogue. I knew the basic premise. A boy is taken abducted from Earth when he's right. a young boy. And he becomes kind of a mercenary in space. Okay. And then this whole film is about how he becomes part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's just absolutely brilliant. I've heard nothing but good things about I it. I loved every single one of the characters. And the casting is absolute genius. So you've got Chris Pratt, who's... Yeah. Awesome. He was in the light... <laughs> he's, he's really... Start, I'm so glad for him as well, because he seems like such a nice guy, you know, when you see him in interviews mm. and stuff. And he's a great, great comedy actor. He's got some good acting chops as well that he, he puts out in this. 
so he was in the Lego movie that came out recently. Yeah. A lot of people probably know him from Parks and Rex, which is an amazing TV show. Yeah. Um, and he's had little bit parts in like her and yeah, other things in the last couple of years. But he's absolutely brilliant as a leading man here, Peter Quill, uh, aka Star Lord, <laughs> which is a self-titled <laughs> nickname that he's given himself. I just Star Lord. None of the characters know who he is, and he's yeah. like, "I'm Star Lord, dude." <laughs> Star Lord, <laughs> amazing. Um, How's uh, Peter Serafinowicz in it? He's great. Yeah, he's great. I, I I could have done with seeing about twice the amount that he's in it because <laughs> he's um he's not in a huge amount, but his character his so his character is kind of like the head of the military yeah for one of the planets that's going to be attacked during yeah. it so it, it's it's really cool you've got chris pratt playing peter quill who's fantastic zoe zaldana who plays mm-hmm. uh the gamora who? is she a who in star trek yeah. yeah yeah and she was the the main female lead in avatar as well oh yeah so she's quite used to playing like different colored um creatures <laughs> in, in, in films space aliens you've got bradley cooper voicing Rocket Raccoon, who's yeah. amazing. And you've got Vin Diesel Groot. playing Groot, yeah. who only has three words to say the whole film, <laughs> and yet brings this amazing performance to it. It's incredible. Um, but the absolute acting standout for me is Dave Batista, who's a wrestler, who plays Drax, who's oh, like yeah, the, yeah. the huge big guy. He, he was absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, it doesn't say anything in the trailer, I don't think. I don't think so. But um, there's this beautiful part in the film where basically the, the planet that he's from they take everything that you say literally yeah. so he can't understand metaphors right. so these beautiful little moments where star lord will say something and then drax says so i think he says something like um don't say anything in a metaphor to him it'll go over his head and he goes nothing will go over my head i am too tall and i will catch it <laughs> stuff like that it's absolutely brilliant yeah. um, and there's this perfect way i think between the kind of action stuff and it looks amazing and the just the comedy going through it it's just it was it's, it's amazing did you stay for the end credits end scene i did yeah and Are um interesting in it again so these are spoilers ish kind of it's just, i find it a bit odd if i'm going to be thinking so it's not a trail into age of ultron or anything else because uh, thanos is in this right so he's in guardians of the galaxy ah, okay. and i didn't think he was going to be i thought he was going to wait until he's in Avengers. They trail it in Avengers or something yeah. like that. Because um, obviously the baddie and that's going to be Ultron, but I thought Thanos would be in there as well. But So the end scene, I don't give too much of the film away, but basically it contains Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck is in, has a line what? at the end of it, yeah. Is he part of the Marvel world? Apparently so. Okay. Apparently so. And apparently Howard the Duck was the first ever Marvel adaptation put in cinema ah, it's an odd film that yeah yeah it's awful <laughs> george lucas one of the things i, I was listening to another podcast because it was a spoiler podcast mm. on guardians of the galaxy and they were talking about howard the duck film and they, they talked about it and i couldn't even remember this but there's a scene in it where howard ends up i think it ends up seeing a female duck in the shower who's got like a pair of breasts as well but like a female duck lays eggs. Yeah. She has no need to give milk to her young. So why this female duck has... Bre- and they were just like, it was just a bit odd. <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long, but I don't really intend to. No. But I don't know if they're going to have it as a spin-off or something. Really? I don't think anybody really wants to see Howard no. the Duck. No. But anyway, that was that was the last scene. It just felt a bit odd tagged on at the end. But okay, I won't bother staying in the cinema for that. Yeah, no. it's not really worth it. 
but and there's some great other performances in there. So um, Benicio del Toro ah. is is quite a big part in it. Uh, you've got the main bad guys played by I can never remember his name, but he's the main elf that's not Hugo Weaving from the Hobbit films. Right. Uh, Luke, Luke, someone. He's an English actor. I can't remember, but he's he's pretty cool. He plays um, like the son of Thanos, and then Thanos is played by Josh Brolin, who's really good. Okay. Uh, and also there was a nice wee appearance again a character I could have done with seeing a lot more of uh, Karen Gillan who plays like Gamora's Gamora and Karen Gillan are uh, Thanos' two kind of stepdaughters type thing right and they kind of face off against each other and stuff, for anyone who hasn't good. switched off now stay with us sorry it's, <laughs> I, 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 I can't speak highly enough of this film it's, it's definitely one of my films of the years and if you haven't seen it I would totally recommend it it's nice. also it's been top of the US box office for four weeks Jeez. and it's taken in over 600 million dollars already Jesus Christ and that's this was meant to be like the total gamble, yeah, for Marvel. When I first so, heard about, it, I was like, "Who? What? Yeah, okay." So it's um, it's good. It's good. Also, the soundtrack is incredible. <laughs> it's basically when when this kid's again, ab- if you haven't turned off, <laughs> when when Peter Quill's abducted, yeah, he the only thing he has in his possession is his tape player, ah, and it's got a a, a mixtape on it from his mum called Awesome Mix Number One. So it's basically all these songs from the 70s and 80s. And yeah. that's all he's had to listen to for 30 years. So he still listens to like, you know, going up to the spirit <laughs> in the sky. And all this kind of thing. Cherry bomb and all these kind of things. It's so good. Cool. So that was great. Um, I'll go through the other one slightly quicker. I'll try to. Um, in between us two. Good. Excellent. Don't give me any spoilers. I want to see. I will, not, I will not give you any spoilers for this. What I will say is that for me, I felt it was quite different from the rest of the canon. Okay. In that, because the budget obviously was so much bigger, aesthetically it looks a lot different from the first film and from ah, the TV series even again. Okay, yeah. And it's, in terms of its tone, it's slightly different again from the TV series because the film was a slight graduation from the TV series. Yeah. And this is a real graduation from the first film. But I think that's the best way they could have played it because this is not the same film done again right. in a different setting which is yeah. the, the trap that a lot of sequels fall into and um, so the basic premise is Jay the, the guys have all gone off to uni but Jay's gone to Australia to live with his uncle down there and he's like basically living writes a letter saying he's living this extravagant lifestyle so all the guys are like yeah we'll go and visit <laughs> and they turn up and he's not I'm yeah. sure that's not a huge shock but it's just it's hysterical the opening scene where instead of just reading out Jay's letter Jay acts it reading into the the viewers right okay what he's doing and it's this huge big moving tracking shot around the whole palace that he's in which is kind of looks like the playboy mansion or something yeah. and just like from that point we were in absolute hysterics watching this at the cinema um and the thing is it, it's exceptionally funny this is a gross out film right so this is like if you're going expecting something that's like more mature and stuff it's completely <laughs> not but having said that it's got a lot of heart and the kind of gross out set pieces in this are absolutely hysterical. They are so funny. The I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. I, I don't even want to talk about them, honestly. They're so <laughs> good. Um, and I think as well, if you've not seen any of the previous, the TV series or the first movie, don't start with this. Definitely yeah. go back and watch some of the other stuff before you see this. Um, but yeah, I would. it's a real treat for the fans. Um, and if you are if you weren't really a fan of the TV show, you're probably not going to like yeah. this, but it's really funny it was great um, and then just one other film that I saw recently which was absolutely mind-blowing was Richard Linklater's Boyhood which is the film that Richard Linklater's filmed 
with the same actors over 12 years. Oh, yeah. And it's I've never seen anything like this before. Not a huge amount happens. I mean, in terms of... I mean, a lot happens, but it's not in your traditional film where it's like, you know, you've got the establishment of the characters, yeah. something happens, then there's a resolution. It's not like yeah. that at all. Um, but it's it's incredible. And I can't really describe it. It's just one of those things I think everybody should, even if it's not the kind of film you usually watch, you should definitely try and watch. Yeah. It's three hours long, but I was oh, I was not bored at any point in it at yeah. all. Um, and it felt like a real privilege watching this character, um, Mason, grow up from being six years old to 18 and but not just his journey it's his whole family's journey so yeah. there's his uh you know his dad who's then not part of the family and then his mum and his sister and their friends that he makes growing up and it's absolutely amazing piece of filmmaking so i would heartily recommend all three of those all for very different reasons nice the only thing i've really seen is the gray uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson film, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, okay. So the premise is he's up in Alaska somewhere and he's... Uh, he's got a very particular set of skills. He has got a very... <laughs> and his particular set of skills in this film is shooting wolves. That's <laughs> <laughs> because he's protecting pipelines. Some okay. of the guys are working on the pipes. He's on the lookout for wolves that are attacking him. So he's got a sniper rifle in. Ah, so shooting. instead instead of a daughter, it's a pipeline. Yeah. And instead of... Uh, Men from the Middle East, it's... Um, wolves. It's wolves, yeah. okay. So that that's the premise. And then they all get on a plane. And when he's in the plane, the plane crashes. The plane crash is done quite well because it's all from the inside. You don't know what's going on. You don't see the pilots. You don't see anything. You just see him strapping himself into a chair. And then the plane crashes and he just wakes up in the snow. Then kind of turns into a slightly bog-standard horror film. Okay. Where there's like six survivors and they suddenly get picked off one by one okay. by these vicious man-eating wolves. But it's done really well. It's shot really well. Um, you really want all the guys to survive. They obviously don't. Uh, don't want to give away too many spoilers. But Liam Neeson's character was going to shoot himself before he got on the plane. So then it's a bit weird when he's trying to now save everyone's life. So mm. trying to save as many people as he can. And then um, he obviously knows everything about wolves and how to kill them and whatnot. So he's like the daddy. And the very last scene is you, the whole film, they're trying to get away from the wolves' den. Yeah. Like, we've got to get away from the den. Got to get away from the den. And then he ends up in the den. So it's surrounded by all these wolves and this big mother wolf comes along. And then the last shot, all you see is him sort of taping a knife to his hand and smashing a glass bottle and taping that to his hand and then just goes... Ugh. And he's just ready to take on the wolf. And then you hear the wolf go, Rrr! and then it just cuts to black. And that's the end of the film. Oh. So you don't know whether he makes it or whether he gets or get killed by the wolf. What do you think happened in your own mind? Apparently there was another scene at the end after the credits, which I didn't watch, where you see them both sort of cuddled up to each other, both just sort of heavily breathing. And in the very start of the film, he shoots a wolf and then you see him sort of put his hand in the wolf and feeling the wolf's stomach going up and down and then it stops. That revisits that, oh, but you don't okay. know whether they both died, right? Okay, so you're kind of left up to whichever one you want. But it's a very good film, um, really well shot. I think they did all of it practically rather than there's a bit where they jump across a ravine, which looks it must have been CG because of just the way it looks. Mm. Um, but the characters are really good. Um, Liam Neeson's brilliant in it, um, it is well worth a watch. 
I think I've got it taped from it was on film four yeah, fairly recently. Yeah, yeah. I I've got it um T Void. So yeah. that's it's on there. And this isn't a film, it's something we watched last night or the night before. It's a hundred and two minutes that changed America. It's like this documentary about nine eleven. But it's just edits this is I mentioned this because from an editing point of view, it's just footage from cameras that were there. Okay. Spliced in with radio footage. So there's no narration. There's okay. no uh, interviews of anyone that survived it or anything. It's just literally they play the footage as it was recorded. No cuts in it, really. Um, obviously, they're, they're cutting from different peoples to say all the different stories, but it's just it's really well done. Mm. And they just leave the camera running, and they, they're just wandering around. And you, if you compare it to something like... Um, what was that film where it was all found footage stuff of the alien thing smashing through New York? Cloverfield. If you imagine Cloverfield, if you watch that and then you watch Cloverfield, you're like, there is no way you can make anything that looks even slightly more real than this documentary. It's mm. just like you, Hollywood couldn't you couldn't couldn't make this up. Yeah, and you couldn't fake it. It was really good. Um, so that's well worth a watch. Cool. Mm. Is that on Netflix? It was on Channel Four last night. Okay, so it'll probably so be it'll be on there for a while. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 102 minutes that changed America. Nice. Yeah. So, news? News. Uh, well, there will be one episode of this podcast where somebody awesome doesn't die in between <laughs> recording <laughs> of them. Because obviously last time we were talking about Robin Williams and a time yeah. before that Rick Mayo and yeah. we've talked about a lot of other people this year. Uh, the most recent person who passed away was uh, Richard Attenborough. Ah, uh, yes. Who passed away a couple of weeks ago at the Rifle Day Chicken Thank God for sight B. <laughs> I, I Go think get my daughter. It's a weird thing because like I, I obviously the two most obvious things I can from remember him from in childhood are Jurassic Park, which is one of my favorite films ever, and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah. So I can't really. So you've claim, only ever seen him as an old man. Really. Exactly. Basically, I mean, I, I have watched Brighton Rock, which is a fantastic film. If you've never seen that, mm -hmm. the original one. And uh, also some of his directing work. I mean, because he's in uh, Great Escape as well, yeah. isn't he? Um, Flight of the Phoenix is another That's great, a great adventure film, film. Um, but also his directing works is, is pretty impressive mm. I've, I've never actually seen Gandhi um, but no. he won numerous awards for that so um, but he's it, it's really interesting whenever these people pass away you hear a lot of the things around about their life which you weren't really aware of and, yeah um, he just sounded like a, a pretty cool guy um, and a huge inspiration to a lot of people as well in the British yep. film industry. So, yep. yeah, R.I.P. John Hammond. John Hammond. <laughs> no dress, not in Jurassic Park 4 then. Sadly <laughs> not. Sadly <laughs> not, no. Um, One piece of news that I saw, I don't know if you saw this, was the guy that got arrested in three or two or three years in prison for filming a film in a cinema. Fast and the Furious 6, he recorded, I think, on his mobile or something. Okay. And he shared it, and 700,000 people downloaded it. So he got two, three years in prison for it. No way. Yeah. Could have done a slightly better film. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to get arrested for two years. I remember there was a great sketch on Chewing the Fat, which was a Scottish sketch show that I used to watch. And it, it was a, a guy walking into a cinema with one of the old-style big beta cams <laughs> sellotaped to his, his, his hat. Yeah. And he sits down <laughs> and says to the guy in front of him, here, mate, is this his film that's not it yet? <laughs> and he goes, eh, aye. He goes, oh, thanks very much. And he's settling down with his popcorn and his drink while this thing's obviously <laughs> recording the film that he can sell down the barriers. But, yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird. But, um, 
there, uh, there was some slightly more upbeat news during the week. Um, apparently, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright will be writing a new film together. Yes. Now, I was disappointed with the last one. So was I. But if you watch it again, yeah. I think it's like all of their films. They get better and better the more you watch them. And the second time and third time I've watched World's End, it's, it's been infinitely better than the first time. Because they've they've got enough money and power that they can do anything they want. Basically, you need restrictions. Yeah. Otherwise, you just you can just do anything, and it's not funny unless you're just pushing that boundary just a little bit too far. Mm. So hopefully they'll come up with something good. I hope so. I'm pretty sure they'll go in a different direction to what mm. they've done before. Obviously, it'll probably be very visually striking as Oliver Wright's yeah. work is, but yeah. um, they said that. They just love working together, but they wanted to create something that was completely separate from the anything in the Cornetto yeah. trilogy. So hopefully yeah. they'll go in a different direction again, which should be quite exciting. I'm, yep. I'm excited. Um, just a couple of other small bits of news of things that are hopefully coming together soon as well. Uh, I've mentioned before as well that a film that I absolutely loved from a couple of years ago was Dread. Yes. The new Dread film, which was excellent, but sadly it didn't do well enough at the box office to warrant a sequel. Ah, but because of the kind of groundswell of support and its kind of cult status, there may, might now potentially be a prequel again starring Carl Urban, which would be absolutely fantastic. Apparently it would be um, some sort of thing to do with the origins of how the world got to yeah. its kind of post-apocalyptic state, which would be, yeah. I'd be well up for that. Yeah. It'd be amazing. And also another film that's being in the works at the moment uh, is a live action adaptation of Ghost in the Shell, which is like one of the most famous manga movies ever right. made. Um, it was a massive influence on The Matrix, stylistically and okay. everything. So uh, that would be pretty cool to see. And apparently the person who's being touted for that role, because it follows this kind of like female cyborg type character, is Margot Robbie, who is Leonardo DiCaprio's love interest in The Wolf of Wall Street, Australian actress. Which, she's a pretty good actress, so it'd be quite cool to see that. That'd be very nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and also as well, it's something I was just reading online the other day, Hateful Eight, the new Tarantino films, set start shooting in January. Ooh. So I'm hoping that it'll probably be about a year from then that it'll come out. So January 2016, I would have felt round about. Excellent, excellent. I think that about wraps it up. I think that's this episode. Yeah. So I have been JQ. That'd be fun. And don't forget, if you like the show, please tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone. Tell your villains. Tell your villains, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.